I, I don't know what's up. I just never in the mood for it. Uh, you're going to be in the mood for it, pal. <laughs> Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the fashions. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? The friendships. Next kind of guy you can trust. Kind of guy you can drink beer with. Kind of guy who doesn't mind if you puke in his car. And the one-hit wonders. They call themselves Nana. And their hit song, 99 Red Balloons. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Ah, finally. The Vegas girlfriend's in town. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon, and we're alone together to do our first podcast. Oh, Spearsy, I can't wait. This is such a dream come true for me. I know, baby. I know. Hey, what's this? I don't know. It's a letter made out to you. It's from Sean. Hmm, let's take a look. Dear Spearsy, this is the letter I never wanted to write. Over the past three years, you've made me feel so very special. When I'm sad, you do your lovable Jabba the Hutt chortle. When I'm hungry, you take me for gorditas and Mexi melts. When I'm feeling amorous, you invite me over to watch Summer Lovers in our swim trunks. But now I feel your heart belongs to another. I thought I'd be your little Smokey forever. But Vegas girlfriend has stolen my one true joy from me. Yes, you were my endless love. And now that love is gone. I feel just like Lionel Richie in that video for Hello. Except, you know, you're not a woman, you can't sculpt, and you're not blind. But besides that, it's exactly the same. So now I leave you, my friend, to your beloved Vegas girlfriend, and hope she can give you the same podcast magic that you allowed me to share with you for so long. Alone in my tears, Sean Daly. P.S. Please don't boink Vegas girlfriend in the podcast studio. No, I mean it. No boinking in the podcast studio. I got to sit in there. I love you, Spears. Goodbye. Oh, sweetie, are you okay? Do you, do you need a hug? Here, baby. Hey, is that a thong you have on? Mm-hmm. On with the show, baby. On with the show. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And it's no joke today, my friends. The Vegas girlfriend is actually here. Yes, I finally made it after 12 excruciating weeks. I'm finally here. Yeah. Do you like our uh, opulent digs? It's it's very Spartan. <laughs> uh, well, nothing but the best here at the Stuck in the 80s headquarters. Uh, everyone who comes here raves about the accommodations. Oh, I'm sure. But uh, today, uh, Vegas Girlfriend's here. Sean Daly, not here. Yeah, well, you know, some people are dedicated and some people aren't. Oh, don't say that. There's, no, there's nobody more dedicated to his own self-fulfillment than Sean Daly. That, well, that's very true. Yeah, very so, true. so here's the idea today, folks. Interesting premise we have. This is Steve and Vegas Girlfriend's messed up date movies. And actually, honest, I'll be honest with you, I mostly use it as an excuse to get movies mentioned on the show that they've never mentioned before. Yeah, so. true. But the idea here is that these are movies that um, under no circumstances should you have ever taken a date to in the 80s. However, <laughs> I think that if uh, me and Vegas' girlfriend had gone to them, we'd be making out like crazy in the back row. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Or, or in the Spears Lair this evening. You were at the Spears Lair, what, for... You've been there for like 12 hours now. Yes. Yes. What was your first impression? Um, it's, it's, it's a little cluttered. <laughs> <laughs> It's clean though. It is clean. So yeah, and there and there's vegetarian things all in the in the kitchen, and it's I approve. Yeah, I approve. And uh, the the big uh, the big activity last night was around four in the morning, five in the morning. We decided we couldn't sleep. Yes, and we decided oh, the only way to get through the night was to drink. And you had nothing in the house. Nothing in the house to drink. I don't know what I was thinking. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm coming over. Hello. I know. So here's here's the deal. This is what we actually had last night to t- to knock us out. It's four in the morning, f- four or five, right? I mean, Something it was, rid- like it was that. ridiculously early. Yeah, and, and or we, late. Wide awake. Wide awake, and um, tequila and fresca. So nasty. <laughs> you had to like hold your nose to drink it, we, and so we dubbed it dog water. Yeah, it's it's total dog water. It's so nasty. It, but when you're desperate and it's four a.m. And I did point out to Steve that if we were in Michigan, we could have gone to Myers and gotten booze at 4 a.m., but we're in Florida, so you got to make do. Yeah, this is a, this state likes to have some morals. Yeah, Unlike well, Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and to be honest, it's the World Series have been in town here. The Rays are playing the Phillies, and my friends have completely drained my liquor cabinet. I just didn't have time to replenish. But today, as soon as we leave the podcast studio... Um, that's our first trip is to the liquor store to get, uh, what's this liquor that you're telling me about that we have to have? Oh, Saint-Germain. It's this fancy pantsy. I can't even get it in Michigan. I had to go to New York to get it. It's an elderflower liqueur. It's, it's very de rigueur. It's, 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 it's more of that fruity stuff that I like. Really? Yeah. So we're, we're going to hope to find it. Yeah. We're going to drive over to Tampa to this Mondo liquor store that we have. And which is also right next to Whole Foods, so we'll get mm-hmm. our, some veggie delights. Yes. And we'll get some wild turkey. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> And there will be no more dog water. N- never, ever again. Oh, God. And we also had toasted raviolis. We had toasted yes. raviolis, dog water, and we watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer till about 7 in the morning. It, it was a beautiful night. And then we finally fell. I, I think I passed out <laughs> for 10 minutes, and then yeah. I, I was <clears throat> awakened. Yeah. And uh, here we are. <laughs> so the idea is that only Vegas girlfriend and I would actually dig these movies on date night. And um, I can guarantee you that in these stories of these movies, there will probably be some date stories in here. Yes, I believe there will be. So without further ado, number one on our list, 1985, Legend. You're nothing but an animal. (laughs) We are all animals, my lady. That's just what Spears said to me on the first day we met. You know, usually I quote movies to everybody. You're the only one who's ever gotten that quote. I know, I know. Um, this is actually my pick. It's not a good movie, God knows, but um, I liked it. I was really into unicorns when I was little. This came out when I was, what, 73, 83, 12. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's the kind of movie a 12-year-old would like. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's got Tim Curry in it. It's got Dr. Frankenfurter, so you can't go wrong. I, You know, I... 1985, I would have been a senior in high school, so the idea of some, a movie like this did I mean, I know I saw it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing it, and I think I took a date to it. Really? And I'm pretty sure that was one of those dates that ended with the, well, if I never see you again, have a have nice, nice life. life. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. seem to be stacking those up. Am I going to get one of those at the airport when you leave? No, no, <clears throat> absolutely not. Although I, I did mention to Spears... Um, the black dress that Mia Sara wears in this film is a dress I've dreamed of ever since I was 12 years old. And if Spears and I ever finally decide to get married, I want to do a legend wedding where I dress up like Mia Sara and he dresses up like Tim Curry as That's Lord of Darkness. Nice. So yeah, I have to start doing uh, the bench presses now. Yeah. I, I, I do think Tim Curry may have worn a prosthetic chest though. So, but the hooves are actually his. They may very well be. Yeah. So yeah, not, um, Tom Cruise, would you say this is worst movie of the eighties? Oh, there's so there was Days of Thunder in the eighties. No, I think that was ninety one. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, the really the real stinkers can tend to come in the nineties, and as Sean Daly would say, the aughts. Don't you hate when he says that? You know, I, well, what else do you call them? I I don't know, but I don't want to call them that. Just say this decade. This okay, fine. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, I would say Legend. Obviously, I think I think maybe you know, losing it is not a great movie either. No, it's not. And um. I'm trying to think what else. Born on the Fourth of July, I I loved it when I first saw it. Now I can't stand to watch it. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a bad performance. But no. but Legend, he, he doesn't suck. I just it's not a great movie. But. He's he's horribly miscast. Although it's funny, I was looking over the list and there are two movies directed by the Scott brothers. This is Ridley Scott, and we'll be talking about The Hunger later, which is Ridley Scott's less talented brother, Tony Scott. Nice, nice. The, um, I don't know. I mean, the soundtrack does even stand out to you on this one? Well, I have it, of course, on cassette. And um, <laughs> I, of course, love the Brian Ferry song, which has, a God, the video for this song, he's wearing just the best 80s kind of poofy blue leather jacket you ever saw in your life. It's, it's just fabulous.
Ah, yeah. Is your love strong enough? Yes. And um, it's funny because the original soundtrack for the movie was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who's a very famous composer. He's done the soundtracks to Basic Instinct and a ton of other movies. And uh, I guess they wanted to test market it, and they figured the kids wouldn't like the Jerry Goldsmith. So instead, they picked the ever-popular Tangerine Dream to do a new soundtrack. Yeah. So that was real hip of them. If I ever do the... Um we we just finished that you know music uh, from movies list a couple weeks ago. If I ever do orchestration for movies, Tangerine Dream has got to be. Yeah, I I love them, but they're not. They were never exactly the most popular. You group talk in the about world. stuck in the eighties. Yeah, nobody is more stuck in the eighties than Tangerine Dream. Oh, that that's very true. I take that back though, because I see the next movie on our list. Yes, and this is a person who's more stuck in the eighties than any other person we're going to talk about today. I give you Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. There. Hey, I've seen the People's Court. I'm entitled to one phone call and a strip search. This is another movie that I picked. Um, I don't know what it is about this movie I love. I just love it. It's, it's not, again, not a good movie. It has more boob jokes than any movie ever. But it's just funny. Um, it does have several 80s connections, though. Um, it's got Wheela from Taxi, um, Jeff Conaway. And it has the immortal Edie McClurg from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And uh, she was also Herb Tarlick's wife in WKRP in Cincinnati, which is another show I want to see on this podcast. Really? One of these days. Yeah. I got the, I got the um, is it season one or season two sent to me on DVD. And I'm not sure if that's the season where they have the famous Thanksgiving episode as, or not. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. fly. It might be the single greatest line in sitcom history. <laughs> I know. Um, um, and I love Edie McClure's character's name in the Elvira movie, Chastity Pariah. She's a villain, right? She, well, sort of. She's kind of a red herring villain. Um, the real Morgan, uh, the uh, the real villain is uh, W. Morgan Shepard, uh, who also has major '80s cred. He played Blank Reg in the Max Headroom show, which God, I love that show. Now I know a lot of people out there have not seen this movie. So, is there like a two sentence version of the plot you could give us? Oh, sure. Um, Elvira wants to do a show in Las Vegas at the Fabulous Flamingo where we saw Morris Day in the Time yeah. 12 weeks ago. Anyways, she has no money. She needs something like $50,000 to come up with to do her show at the Flamingo. And of course, by, by sheer coincidence, her great aunt Morgana Talbot, who of course she's never known before, uh, has died and left her an inheritance. So Elvira, and I think most people know what Elvira looks like, has to go to this little rinky-dink town in Massachusetts and kind of shakes up the local yokels to get, some, the, money, yeah. to get the money. And uh, it kind of, the, the hilarity goes on from there. Yeah, now she's still around. She's still, I mean, you still see her every yes. once in a while. I actually saw her um, in Michigan a while back. Um, there was another movie called Elvira's Haunted Hills, which is bad. <laughs> I, I mean, love the pun, though. Yeah, Elvira's Haunted Hills, yeah. Um, it, not nearly as funny as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, but uh, Cassandra Peterson, the lady that plays Elvira, was actually there. And um, there's actually, I read this online somewhere, she did some sort of reality show. She's looking for the next Elvira because she's like 60. I mean, she still looks good, but, you know, she can't do this forever. So she's looking for the next Elvira, or she has looked for the next Elvira. Could you be the next Elvira? I would love to be the next Elvira, but I need lots of double-sided tape. <laughs> I see the next movie on our list, and um, I know it's going to have a, you're going to have a particular reaction to it because it features one of your favorite yes, persons. Yes, it does. <laughs> 1983, The Hunger. We're done to live forever. There's no release, no end. And I need you to share it with me. I didn't even want to put this movie on the list, but I know that if there's a, if there's an 80s movie with David Bowie in it, I have that Vegas to. girlfriend's going to put it on the list. Absolutely. Um. This is another good pick for Halloween. And actually, this movie's totally hot. I mean, this might actually be a good, maybe a good movie to take a date to. It's really gory, though. It's any, uh, I have to ask, frontal, any frontal nudity? Any nudity? Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Um, any, uh, any fetish scenes? <laughs> well, not that I'm into that sort of thing. Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. We're fine upstanding people. Um, we would never do anything like that. But. Just in case you were interested. Um, well, it's got uh, Catherine Deneuve, Susan Sarandon, and David Bowie. It, well, Catherine Deneuve is this very old vampire. It's kind of suggested that she has goes back to ancient Egypt. And she has this kind of little problem. She keeps outliving all of her lovers, and she takes men and women. She's not very picky. 
Um, Why are you? You're like glowing right now. You're all red. <laughs> are you trying to tell me something? No. Okay. <laughs> what are you implying? Nothing. Go on. Okay. Okay. Anyways. Excuse me for a second while I... Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. Anyways, um, her lovers keep... They don't They don't die because they're vampires, but they just get really old. That's that's kind of the... That's why it's a horror movie because you get to see David Bowie age and look really old and ugly and it just makes me cry. How old is he now? He's like... He's he's 60-some. He still looks pretty good. I think... The, the sad thing is I think he's the same age as one of my parents. Oh. But. He's the same age, I think, as... Or he's he went to school with Peter Frampton, who I talked to oh, he did? just the other week. Oh. And I meant to ask Peter about it, but I was too busy asking him stupid questions about, about, his, hair. <laughs> about his hair, as everybody knows. God, oh, yeah, you idiot. Yeah, you, um, you have The Hunger on DVD, right? Are we going to watch that? Are we watching that tonight? Maybe certain parts of it, because some parts of it really drag. Oh, so, okay. um, well, we can just drink during those parts. That's true, we can. It's going to be a wild turkey night at this beer's layer, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely not going to be a dog water night at this oh, beer's layer. You know, I, I had to take like three ibuprofen like an hour ago because that tequila will not let go of me. That's, I, I finally got it out of my system, but I don't think I drank as much of it as you did. I don't know what I was thinking. We, you know, any port in a storm. <laughs> <laughs> we needed alcohol. It was 4 a.m. Oh, what else best. are you going to do? My favorite part of The Hunger, of course, is this song by Bauhaus. White on white, translucent black capes, back on the rack. The little goose is dead, the bats have left the bell tower. The victims have been bled, bed, velvet lines, the black box. The little goose is dead. I actually saw them again in Michigan in Detroit um, on their resurrection tour what was that what year oh lord Um, I was still married back then so that was quite a while ago wow I haven't seen them I know um, Peter Murphy Peter Murphy was came through town here I know he was here he rolled through Tampa Bay within the last year I didn't get a chance to see him Um, too many 80s bands come through here to the point where you have to pick and choose now it's Mm. weird David Burns coming through next month you're gonna miss him oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, thanks. But um, um, no, I uh, Bauhaus. This is one of the few songs, Bella Lugosi's Dead, that once I hear it once, I I can't get it out of my head for weeks. Oh, I love that song. Um, and actually, I have seen not only Bauhaus. I did see Peter Murphy, and it was really funny. I saw Peter Murphy way before I saw Bauhaus, and uh, the person that opened up for him was a then completely unknown singer called Jewel. Nice. And people threw cans at her. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> She's country now. What's yep. up with that bullshit? Yeah, well, what's up with her opening for Peter Murphy? Hello, what were you thinking? I don't know. But Sometimes the B-52s opened for the Rolling Stones in the 80s. That's kind of weird, too. The B-52s opened for uh, the police at their farewell show. That is also um, At Madison Square Garden. Um, the B-52s seem to get some really shitty gigs, if well, you think about it. Maybe they need a new manager. They can't, well, I mean, over, I mean, historically, I mean, over the last, I mean, this has nothing to do with the hunger whatsoever, but I'm just feeling in the mood to rant. That's okay. But um, those guys, I mean, I, I had a chance, to, I, I didn't even get a chance. They rolled through town here a few, a few months ago for the True Colors tour, and they wouldn't talk to me. Aww. Sons of bitches. Aren't we full of ourselves? Peter Frampton talks to me. And, and David Byrne and Phil Oakey and Martin Fry. The list goes on. I know. This is a hell of a summer with, with uh, interviews. You know, just to backtrack, you should try and get a hold of Elvira. She probably, you could probably. Really? I, I'd, only want you, I'd want you here, though, because you, I mean, you're such a big fan. I am. And a then you can, like, fan. make a pitch to take over her yeah, role. Yeah, oh, I totally. Because if absolutely. you wear, like, the Elvira outfit, like, if you were, if, if we, like, go to a costume store tonight, like, mm-hmm. on the way after mm-hmm. the liquor store, yes. I'm totally going to be into that. Well, okay. What which costume would you rather I wear Elvira or Slave Leia from Return of the Jedi? Slave Leia from okay. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> That's Sorry. what I thought. That's what okay. I thought. Okay. Moving on. Hey, this is one of my picks. 1984, a little ditty called Bachelor Party. How'd it go? Well, hey, uh, hey, she can walk. I, I don't know my business, you know? <laughs> Oh, hey, O'Neal, I just lied. I'm sorry, man. Nothing happened in there, all right? I know how much is meant to you, but I couldn't do it. Nothing happened, okay? I love Debbie. I made a promise to her I'm crazy about her, all right? Hey, I understand. Don't worry about that. <laughs> to tell you the truth, I'm envious. I wish I had someone who was in my every thought. Somebody I could spend all my time with. 
somebody I could really respect. Hey, look at the cans on that bimble. I must admit, I really like this movie too. I have no idea why, but I do. You own it. I do. And I, actually, I don't. And I don't. I know. Well, actually, I thought I had it, but I think I lost it in my divorce. Um, so I went to Target the, while I was killing time f- before my flight here yesterday. And they had a threefer, like one of those, you know, three DVDs in one pack for 10 bucks. It was Bachelor Party, Back to School, and Weekend at Bernie's. Now, why would you say that this is a messed up date movie? <laughs> Let me count the ways. Um, well, first of all, there's the lady with the mule. <laughs> and then the mule overdoses on drugs and they leave him for dead in the elevator. I watched it on the plane on the way really? here yesterday. Yeah. I think the people next door were a little, the people next door, the people sitting next to me were a little freaked out by Really? It. I love yeah. the, um, the scene. And I wish Sean was here because I would love to get his answer to this where, um, his brother sets him up. No, not his brother. Adrian Zemed. Adrian, the, the immortal Adrian Zemed. Yeah, the, the immortal Adrian Zemed. This implies he's dead. I hope not. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't it be great to have him on the show? Oh, my God. I have another. I have an Adrian Zemed story, too. Um, again, I, when I was married a long time ago, um, the ex and I went to Chicago and went to this great place in Chicago. It's called Ed DeBevick's. Fabulous restaurant. It's like a 50s diner. And um, the wait staff are rude to you on purpose. Like they'll sit in the in the uh, booth with you and say like, "Yeah, what do you want?" You know, it's really it's really fun, and it's like really good greasy fifties diner food, like milkshakes and French fries and stuff. But anyways, the next week um, they had posters up, and they're like, "Next week, appearing live in person, Adrian Smed," and I'm like, "Wow, Adrian Smed! What do you say if you meet Adrian Smed? I loved you." In Bachelor Party, I loved you on TJ Hooker. Wasn't he the host of Dance Fever for he's a while, also, too? Yeah, and he's in Grease, too. And, yeah, I loved you in Grease, too. Reproduction. Reproduction. <laughs> you love that song. I, uh, yeah. We I can know. all dream. Yeah. The, um, so, Adrian Zemet sets up Tom Hanks with the... It's the two-time Academy Award winner, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought that he was in Bachelor Party? Yes. But uh, his, Adrian sets up Tom Hanks with that girl. I forget what Oh, uh, Tracy. I am a mortal man, O'Neal. <laughs> How could I forget Tracy? Yeah. I got to wonder if, if I, I mean, I mean, we, men are only human. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be tough to turn down. She was hot. I, I, so if, I admit if, 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 if it were my bachelor party mm-hmm. and I had a chance to uh, bang Tracy, mm-hmm. would, would you forgive me? Um, only if you forgave me, if I had a chance to bang John Taylor. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair you, enough. We're going to say John, we're going to, we're really going to trade out John Taylor for Tracy. Oh, the, the fuck, fictional. Hell Yeah. I, I've been in love with John Taylor since I was 13 years okay, old. I'm okay, I'm just saying. You know. And, you know. I'm just well, no, I'm, it's a hypothetical situation. Okay, here. hypothetical. I mean, no, it's, that's, 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 I'm going to take it back. <laughs> you said it. You can't take it back. Yeah, it's already out there. It's already out there. No, um, actually, some of the t- interesting trivia, and I think we will probably end up doing a whole show on Bachelor Party. Oh, I hope so. We'll wait till it's somebody's Bachelor Party. We'll wait till it's Sean's Bachelor Party. <laughs> oh, that's a long wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Year 12 of Stuck in the 80s. Yeah, more like year yeah. 200. Yeah, um, but if, if Sean gets married, um, we'll, you know what we should do? We should just throw him a bachelor party anyway. Just like, you know, enough of this whole engaged nonsense. I mean... We'll just throw you a bachelor party. Yeah, if you don't get married, matter. we'll just throw you a bachelor party. We'll just throw it anyway. And then we'll do a podcast after the bachelor party or maybe during the bachelor party. Mm, well, that would be scary. But um, that, would be, that would be so cool. I mean, some of the trivia associated with bachelor party... Um, actually, Tom Hanks and Tawny Katane were not the original picks to uh, play the lead roles. The first, the movie was begun filming with uh, Paul Reiser playing the Tom Hanks role. Uh, all wrong. I think yeah, it would have worked. No, and no. Kelly McGillis. You know, weren't you guys saying on the Top Gun, when you guys were talking about Top Gun, that they thought Kelly McGillis was homely or something? I don't think she's homely. Well, no, of course not, but... I don't know. I, think I don't know what she looked like in '84. '84 would have been a year or two before Top, Top Gun. Gun. She still would. She would have been, yeah, I the mean, height of her game. But I, I mean, Tawny Katane is perfect. Oh yeah, she is. This. I would like to have her on the show, but I don't think that's going to happen either. I have plus, to check with her parole officer first. <laughs> um, plus, I was again. I was watching it yesterday. That movie has some of the most amazing '80s fashions I've seen since Purple Rain. Because oh, she, yeah. she works in a clothing store. Yeah. And, and I was just watching just... 
I was dazzled. Like checkerboard shirts. Checkerboard shirts and like these lycra legging type things. I don't even know where you'd find those anymore. No, I can't. Goodwill, maybe. And, and great, humongous 80s hair like they still wear in yeah. Michigan. He's to got this a good soundtrack. Day. He's got a pretty decent it soundtrack. It has a great soundtrack. Good old IRS records. You know, God, I wish somebody could dig them out again. God, no kidding. Um, some of the other uh, actors who were considered for the role of uh, that Tom Hanks had, Rick Gasco, um, Jim Carrey, Ooh. Tim Robbins, and Howie Mandel. Good Lord. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't even imagine. But uh, Tom Hanks, I think he makes the movie. I truly do. Yeah. And rumor has it he only did it for the money. Yeah. But, you know, 1984, I don't know. Hey, here's a quick, quick quiz. Ready? Yes. True or false? Mm-hmm. Was this Tom Hanks' first movie? No. Oh, I think I know what his first movie is. Wasn't it um, Mazes and Monsters? I think that was, A, that was a TV movie. Oh, fine. And I don't know if it was before this or not. I seem to remember hearing that Mazes and Monsters was actually based on something real that happened at my alma mater, Michigan State. Really? I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. You get a real caliber of uh, students yeah, there. Yeah, a bunch of freaks up there. Well, you know, hopefully they'll be burning cars tonight. Yeah, because they're playing Michigan. <laughs> yeah. God. We know you how guys, to throw a party. What is, it up, what is it with Detroit and burning neighborhood cars <laughs> when you guys win something? We don't, well, we don't do it on Devil's Night anymore. They call know, but what is that? I mean, you guys are infamous for... Because it's cold up there. <laughs> you're kind of, like, how cold is it up there right, like today? Um, I didn't check, but like... Okay, I came here when we walked out of the Spears Lair today. It's something like 85 degrees and it's almost Halloween. And I just like when I came here, I was wearing a long sleeve turtleneck with a wool jacket and a wool coat. And I was comfortable at home. Jeez. So it's cold up there. We need to burn things to God, stay warm. I don't get it, though. It's it, it's. Tis a strange place. That's you, all I can say. It, it is a strange place, yes. Uh, to answer the final trivia question, no, uh, that's not Tom Hanks' first movie. He Knows You're Alone. Oh, yes. From 1980. Yes. And, and Splash. Oh, that was 82. No, it? it was the same year. Oh, okay. But, but it, it was earlier. Okay. Year, so. Okay. And that's really, I mean. I mean Splash he, was huge. Splash made him. I mean, ba- Bachelor Party was probably one of those things where he was just like, oh, shit, I wish I hadn't made this. Yeah, well. But he loves it. I mean. Some I, of us hold it near and dear to our hearts. I do. I mean, how can you not love it? How I know. How can you not love it? I know. Oh, God, I can quote it all day long. I know. Actually, the other funny thing about Splash, I, I'm just coughing up funny stories here left and right. Um. I just remember this because Splash is directed by Ron Howard, and the very first R-rated movie I ever saw was Night Shift, which was also directed by Ron Howard. And I just remember I, my parents were divorced, and I was at my dad's house in Missouri, and Night Shift was coming on cable, and I'm like, Dad, can I watch Night Shift? And he's like, yes, just don't tell your mom. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of that. I want to think that the first rated R movie I saw was probably Caddyshack. Oh, good choice. I didn't. I, my parents rented it for me. I don't think they realized. Your parents rented it for you? Yeah, I don't think they realized that how bad it was going to be until Lacey Underall, you know, strips down like three times. And <laughs> Your parents are like, oh my God, what have we done? Instantly entered puberty. At yeah. <laughs> Someone had to clean the pajamas the next day, that's for sure. Ew. Sorry. I can't help it. I have to go there. I know. It's so weird without Sean here because, I mean, where's the obligatory trouser humor? Uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll do the best I can. Yeah, although we can do fart jokes now because he's not here. I, I don't want to do those. Nobody wants to do fart jokes. No. No, we're classier than that. Come on. <sighs> Okay. Next. I'd just rather do sex jokes. Ooh, um, really? Yeah. Speaking of sex, <laughs> here's our next pick. The cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Can't we meet somewhere else? No, that's impossible. It's better to do it under his nose. He'll never believe that I do it right under his nose. In between courses, between the hors d'oeuvre, and the canard a l'orange between the dessert and the coffee. This is definitely your pick. Yes, it is. I love, love, love this movie. And I definitely would not recommend it. it it's definitely an acquired taste, shall we say. Um, the guy who directed it, Peter Greenaway, is a real arty-farty kind of filmmaker. Um, he's got training, formal training as a painter. So the movie is shot... It, it basically looks like a painting. Although, um, visually, the movie can be stunning at times. Jean-Paul Gaultier did the costumes. He also did the costumes for The Fifth Element. 
and um, the costumes change colors when the characters walk from room to room. Like the, you know, and, and the uh, now foxy and over sixty Helen Mirren is in this movie. Oh my god, so so foxy, so foxy, and you see a lot of her in Dude, this movie. Really, nothing left to the imagination. Did you bring this with you for this trip? I did. Can we can we watch it later? If you like, yes. If I'm a good boy. If you're a good boy, yes. <laughs> Can, oh. <laughs> Too bad we're in separate rooms, eh? I know. Yeah. Do something sexy in there for me. Hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's gonna be a short podcast this week. Pause, please. <laughs> um. Anyways, Helen Mirren's dress will be green when they're in the kitchen of the restaurant, and then she'll walk into the dining room and it's red, and she'll walk into the bathroom and it's white. It's really cool. I've seen this movie twice. I gotta admit. And I still do not remember the plot. Is there a oh. plot? Uh, yes, there is. Um, actually, uh, uh, Helen Mirren's character is named Georgina Spica, and she's married to this horrible, hideous human being, Albert Spica, who's played by Michael Gambon, who plays Dumbledore in the Harry Potter movies. Um, the man must be the greatest actor in the world to play Dumbledore and play Albert Spica. He's a completely despicable human being. He's He's got to be one of the great villains of all time in the movies. He's just a hideous human being. Well, anyways... Um, he just, you know, he beats her and he just totally just humiliates her. And, you know, well, she, you know, they go to this restaurant that's owned by her husband and, um, she sees this kind of bookish nerdy kind of guy eating at the restaurant. And so they start meeting in the bathroom and in the kitchen and start having sex in the bathroom and the kitchen and, uh, try and keep it a secret from Albert. So it's very, it's a very sexy movie. Am I sexy and bookish? Hmm. I suppose so. I'm not really bookish. I'm no, more, I, I, you're you're a computer guy. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't. Read, I haven't cracked a book in uh, years. Well, I, I'm too busy writing too blog busy. items for the '80s Nation. That's right. That, well, that you know, you gotta, you gotta. Uh, oh, and the Andy Andy Taylor. That that was the last book I read. That his uh, oh, biography. Oh, okay. well, so, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that was like a few. But weeks ago. but you read it for the blog. So. I would have read it anyway, but but because we had to interview, I read it in a day. Steve so. and I were discussing whether or not we're now uh, molding our lives to make interesting stories for the podcast. <laughs> it's really kind of sad. It's funny. Well, because Sean and I do that. Sean and I intentionally go and do things knowing full well that it's going to create some story for the podcast. So you can have wacky misadventures. Yeah. So when he comes over to the Spears Lair and he brings cigars and, um, you know, crown royal yeah and stuff like that and then he gets on the uh, uh then he logs onto my yahoo messenger yes and messages all my friends as me yeah thus causing me to spend three hours the next day apologizing to people mm-hmm. i mean yeah. that's a sean daly thing that is a totally a sean daly thing so um hence the yahoo messenger will not be turned on this weekend mm-hmm. we will not see sean daly this weekend I no bet. probably not he was really upset about that he really wanted to hang out with us and i was just like no mm-hmm. i don't think so not this time yeah Sorry, I'll, be, I'll be back for thanksgiving i'll be yeah. back for almost a week next time so with lots more time. Ah, by the sound of the tune, it must be time for reader mailbag. Hey, normally Sean would be here to read a um, famous email from one of our favorite fans, but uh, he's over at the Festival of Reading today, and he doesn't work on Saturdays anyway unless his life depends upon it. Although if we were recording a Halloween podcast, you bet his ass would be in here in the seat. Or if he if he could have seen what you just did like five minutes ago, he would have been here. I guarantee you. Yeah, if only Sean was here. Stephanie Hayes got to meet you though. Yes, yes, I finally so, got to meet the so, world famous Stephanie Hayes. Yeah, she's downstairs. Yeah, she works on Saturdays along with me. Yeah. So anyway, this week's letter is from Synthsational. That is a great name. And uh, Synthsational writes, "Dear Stephen Sean." I love stuck in ease, and as someone too young to remember that glorious time, I spend much of my life fighting prejudice against the music and TV of the decade. You make me realize that I am not alone. However, you appear to have misrepresented my favorite artist of all time, Phil Collins, in episode 133, Top 10 Phil Collins Songs of the 80s. I agree that much of his music contemplates and even laments the demise of his first marriage, and I will even concede that he goes a bit too far... However, you never actually mentioned how his marriage ended. It's kind of a theme for our show here. We're talking about exes the whole time. I know. Isn't it awful? Phil divorced his first wife in 1980 after she had an affair with their painter and decorator. This was no secret in the UK. His performance of In the Air Tonight at the UK pop show Top of the Pops saw him playing a piano with a pot of paint and brush as a coded message to keen-eyed fans. 
Whether you whether or not you agree with his reaction is a matter of personal opinion, but you have to accept that being cheated on would inevitably impact the artist's output, especially a workaholic like Phil, who, to be fair to him, didn't stop to recoup but plotted on with the pain. I'm sure you didn't mean to show Phil in a miserable light, though the phrase screw Phil Collins did hurt me a lot. And I still absolutely love your show. I just hope in the future you will portray Phil as the wiener he is. As with everyone who writes your show, I am forever stuck in the 80s. Sensational. Well, you know, first marriages are really just starter marriages. Anyway. Yeah, I'm no kidding. Yeah. How long did yours last? Six years. I got seven year itch a little early. Yeah, my first one, um, I think three and a half, maybe, I think. I don't even remember it. Yeah. Like someone asked me about it the other day. I was like, "What? I huh? was I wasn't married. What are you talking about?" I know. About? It's like, dude, I'm like, I moved on to like, I'm moving, working on the next Mrs. Mrs. Expiercy here. That's what you, right. Would you please, you know, stop talking about the first one already? <laughs> As always, send your emails to stuckinies at tippy.com. Next week, Sean will be back to read it for you. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Are you annoyed by that phrase, like Sean is? No, I like, I like. Mm. <laughs> Who was it that did that? Oh, was Stephanie. It Stephanie. Stephanie yeah. read. Mm, Stephanie. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Um, Sean. Sean used to hate this segment, but now he's starting to like oh, it. Oh, Sean can jam it. We were starting to do a new a uh, segment called um, "Hysterical History Happenings," <laughs> where we were gonna like, like do new like Coke. Yeah, we we're gonna like do like you know in this week in history or you know in the eighties and stuff. Oh. And we tried to do it one week, and Sean wouldn't shut up. The entire, he's like, "I don't get it. What are we talking about here?" <laughs> I don't understand. This is, he, he kept interrupting me. Literally, the segment lasted 30 minutes. Good Lord. Because I kept having to stop and explain it to him. And I, eventually, it's on the cutting room floor. You know? Yeah, where it belongs, it sounds like. Yeah, so anyway, here's the segment where we play a clip of a movie from the 80s. If you can name it, uh, Vegas Girlfriend has promised to uh, sign a bag of munchos, and we'll send them your way. Yes, absolutely. Are you actually going to send them out? Yeah, we can we can mail it right now if you're here. You okay. know, the whole night you can put a big lip print on it. Okay, it'll be it'll be a wonderful thing. Okay. Dag Shields would love that. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, I can show you the forbidden photos of Leslie. Yes. Oh, I, I want to see those. I don't know. I shouldn't do that. Oh come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, pay attention. Here was last week's mystery movie moment. Oh God, this makes me happy. Any guesses? Not a clue. Only one person got this one right. My favorite year. You know what? I feel really stupid because I love that movie, but I haven't seen it in a really long it's time. It's a really obscure line towards the end where it's the guy in the control room who says that line. And um, a lot of people forget it's an 80s movie. I think it was 1982, yeah. something like that. One of the many, many times that poor old Peter O'Toole got snubbed for an Oscar. God, no kidding. I, well, he got his honorary, but... Nah, but that's a bunch of bullshit, though. I mean, I mean, if you really want your real one, I mean... Yeah. I mean, he should have gotten it for... Um, About a million other Well, Lawrence Arabia is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I everyone Lawrence says Arabia. I'm stuck in the 80s, but I love Lawrence Arabia. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't think you're going to let me watch that this weekend, are you? Probably not. No. Um, I do love the one uh, line in my favorite year. I'm... What did he say? I'm not a... Uh, I'm not an actor. I'm a movie star. Yeah. It is <laughs> great. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Swanee. Swanee. The uh, only winner, Sweet Lou Greeley. Sweet Lou. We don't see, we don't hear enough from him anymore. I know. What happened to Six? I haven't, still haven't heard from her either. Uh, Six, you know, we we talked about her in that one episode, and she emailed the next week and just said, "Hey, I'm just I'm here. I'm still listening. I'm just really, really, She's really busy. busy." Six, please write. I know we miss her. Everybody still loves that um, New Year's oh, Rock and New Year's oh, Eve God, story. That's such a great story. I, it's a lot of people's oh, favorite episode. I love it. It is one of my favorites. So Lou gets definitely. the... Uh, Lou, you can tell us whether you want the Munchos or the Funyuns. We yes. have both. Because yes. um, Sean just refuses to sign them anymore. Sean literally comes over every day and eats a bag of Munchos. Good. Wait a minute. Munchos? Munchos. Oh. He, he hated them at one point, right? And now he loves them. Now he loves them. Well, they the are time. way better than Funyuns. Are Funyuns are nasty. No kidding. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery movie moment. You're tall and fat! Yeah, well, you're short and ugly. Give me the pen back. If you know it, email us at stuckinyshattempe.com because the Vegas girlfriend is ready to call you a wiener. You love it. I do. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Hey, it is our signature event. Time to play a snippet of a song from the 80s. And if you can get it right, I'm telling you, you definitely want autographed munchos from The Vegas Girlfriend. Will you sign it with your real name or will you just sign it with your moniker? Hmm. Depends on who it is. Nice. Yeah. 
But you will kiss the bag. It, it, well, it, that'll smear though. Uh, <laughs> I could. I, they just won't see it. I'm really having a hard time concentrating today. <laughs> oh, Spearsy. You know, it's funny because everyone jokes about you know you are the only person who actually calls me by my last name. You you don't. I don't think you've ever heard you call me by my first name. Oh, I do. You're just occupied with other activities when I do. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery tune. Yes, Echo and the Bunny Man with a promise. Only one person got that right. My good friend Christine in Milwaukee. Cool. But uh, I, I, have a, I have a ton of uh, Echo downloaded on my iTunes here at work. It's, uh, it's a nice way to get through the week. Yeah, I've got to listen to some of those. I, played, I must have played this song 20 times this week while waiting for you to call, IM, email me. Yes. Sorry. That's okay. You pay attention. Here is this week's mystery clip. I actually suggested this to Steve. <laughs> this I I will give the eighties nation sort of a clue. Well, this is one of my favorite bands, which you know, that's, that's not that's not much that's of a clue. Not a clue. But um to my knowledge, you have never mentioned this band on any episode of Stuck in the Eighties, which is a travesty, sir. A travesty. <laughs> I kinda like it when you call me sir, by yeah, the way. I know. There's something weird about that. It's just it's so wrong. Dude, that's so hot. It is. I'm like I'm I'm not kidding. I mean it's it's a little warm in here right now. It, it is a little a little moist in here. <sighs> if you know it. Email us at stuckinnews at tempe.com because the Vegas girlfriend, who is also a vegetarian, would like to call you a soy boy. Nice. Hi, this is Jonathan from South Korea. Just listened to the most recent podcast, one, the Halloween podcast. Loved it. Total classic. I'll be listening to that. Again and again. Suggestions for more, I guess, commentaries. Short Circuit would be excellent. That would be totally awesome. Definitely, again, Havana and the Spears Lair would be awesome. I was laughing throughout the uh, podcast. So once again, as always, I was entertained. And thank you for the podcast and the websites and everything. Wow, fan greeting from South Korea. Sweet. Nice. I don't get those every day. Yeah. Um, as always, we love the fan greetings. All you have to do is go to my blog at uh, blogs.tampa.com slash 80s. And if you look there on the right side of the page, there's a toll-free number. It doesn't look like a toll-free number, but it is. And if you call that number, you can leave a message. Or if you are so inclined, just you know, use your damn microphone on your computer and record an MP3 or WAV file and just email it to me. It works just as well. Um, we don't get as many as we used to. I know. I'll, I'll I'll try and get Cylon to. Uh, oh, Cylon would be great. You know who I just got one. I got an email the other day from uh, from uh, Darren Carlson from uh, Hilo, Hawaii, and he oh. was the very first person to ever leave a fan greeting. And oh, he just emailed cool. me the other day saying I'm still listening and just sorry I haven't emailed. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. That's awesome. So it's it's weird because I mean I know people are still out there. They just don't they just don't write anymore. But you don't call. You don't write. What uh, are we gonna think? So we have three movies left. Yes. And we've had to pare this list down a little bit because the uh, We're running long. The flirting is uh, sucking up uh, tape time here. and, and we, we uh, got to get out of here and go to the liquor store. Yeah, frankly, we have more important things to do today. Yeah, if we you do. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Turn a fan on it. This is really <laughs> ridiculous. I'll put some ice down your shirt. That's not where I need the ice, baby. <laughs> Okay, next on the list. I think we both agree that this song, that this movie needs to be there. 1986, Blue Velvet. Mommy. Mommy loves you. Baby wants to f- 
David Lynch, you sick bastard. Oh, God, love him. Um, I was, I'm a big fan of this movie. I love Twin Peaks, love Wild at Heart, love most of his stuff. Although I, I, Inland Empire was a little weird. You know, I try to like David Lynch because I know that, I know you like David Lynch. I know I all cool people like David Lynch. Oh, of course. And, and you want to be cool. I want to be cool. And I know I'm cooler than Sean Daly. <laughs> well, that's not saying much. But, um, but I, I, and I do like Blue Velvet mainly because it's got a lot of kinky sex scenes in it. And it's I'm, got I'm naked all... Isabella Rossellini. Yeah, that's not to like. And, right. and 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 as far as I'm concerned, naked, well, semi-naked, Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah, mm. and doesn't she like knife him at one point? Uh, she draws a knife on him, and he's naked at the time. That doesn't. Uh. That she does him right. Wow. Oh with yeah, the, with the knife right there. Uh, yeah, it's that kinky. Can we? Can we I have some knives at home, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> what, what? Huh? Uh, he, uh, Lynch was actually nominated for best uh, director for this. He yes. lost. Yes. Can you name who he lost to? Nineteen eighty-six. Oh my God. Um, I have no idea. Oliver Stone for Platoon. Oh, very different kind of movie. Yeah, that's also not a good date movie. I don't think. No, not so. That much. could have been on the list. A rule number one: Never ever take a girl to a, a war, war movie. movie. No, do you agree with that philosophy? I, I would definitely agree with that. The only war movie I really like are anti-war movies. So yeah, um, I took I went with a fraternity brother to see Platoon. I remember that, and we were so depressed afterwards. We oh, we, yeah. we thought it was like the we were going to go out partying all night, and mm-hmm. afterwards we just like went back to our rooms and sobbed and cried. Yeah, yeah but that's, um, that's not fun. Um, Blue Velvet's considered to be uh, I think Lynch's masterpiece. Yeah. It's considered to be, I think, one of the top fifty movies. Oh, yeah, it usually makes lists. those lists. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's widely considered with resurrecting the career of Dennis Hopper. I I'd say that's fair. Frank Booth also up there with Albert Spica as a terrific movie villain. Yeah, yet another movie that you would never want to watch with your parents around. No. <laughs> oh my God, no! Not unless you have really cool parents. But I I suspect though that um that it, it's still kind of it's. it's is it bad to be turned on by Blue Velvet? Not yeah. entirely. <laughs> it's still kind of a. It's still a really bad, it's, messed up. It, it's, it's an effed up date movie. It's an effed up date movie. There's really no other way around it. Now, if if we were like, let's say I didn't, I didn't know you. Like, mm-hmm. We just were we, we were work colleagues. Yes. And I asked you on a date, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing at this point you'd you'd say okay. Okay. Yeah, of course. And but let's just say I take you to Blue Velvet. You've never mm-hmm. you don't know what Blue Velvet's about. Oh God. We, we, <laughs> And I, and I I go oh we gotta go see Blue Velvet and what what message am I sending to you do you think are you gonna be freaked out if I did that to you? It's definite possibility. <laughs> I'm not I'm not getting anywhere that time am I? No, not if I didn't know you otherwise. No, no. But no. now it would work totally. Right? Oh, absolutely. Did you yeah. bring it with you from this trip? You know what? I don't have it. Oh, I don't no. have it. I again that was another one I lost in the divorce. Yeah, so, yeah. I lost. I got what did I lose in my first divorce? Sneakers with Robert Redford and um, you just go on and on about that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> Too many secrets. Oh my god, she took all the good movies I and know. she took my beer stein from Switzerland. Oh, that's just wrong. I I did get to keep Shakes the Clown though, so I'm that's happy. Good. It's the Citizen Kane of alcoholic clown movies, you know. Yeah, with my second divorce, we only had she let me pretty much keep every DVD. Okay, but but we're still friends, and she she actually borrows them from time to time. I don't think she'll show up this weekend to borrow any DVDs. But does, does she does she give them back when she borrows them? Eventually, eventually. <laughs> okay, she likes anything with Hugh Grant in it, so she's got all my Hugh Grant movies. Oh, so mm. we're not going to watch any Hugh Grant movies this weekend. No, no, it's no. not going to get me anywhere either, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> this next movie, though, I think is solid gold for Spearsy and Vegas Girlfriend totally hooking up. I give you 1989 a little. James Spader classic called Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Am I I, I supposed to recount all the points in my life leading up to this moment and then just hope that it's coherent, that it makes some sort of sense to you? It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I was there. (laughs) I don't have the slightest idea who I am. I'm supposed to be able to explain it to you. And why? Tell, no, you tell, tell me why. Why do I have to explain my, myself to you? Because maybe I can help you. Help me with what? Your problem. My problem? 
do, do I have a problem? I, you know, I, I look around me in this town and I see John and Cynthia and you and I, I feel comparatively healthy. You've got a problem. You're right. James Spader is so hot. Is there any movie that he's done that you just said, that movie sucks? Um, I can't think of anything. I even like Bad Influence. Oh, I love Bad Influence. How do you, what do you mean, I even like well, Bad Influence? Well, you know, it's not a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. And, no. and Rob Lowe was totally hot, too. So. Yeah, Rob Lowe is great in that movie. Oh, I, yeah. uh, I have a friend, Blake, in, in Memphis, and he's known on the blog as Johnny Be Good. And mm-hmm. uh, he's really disappointed that every time he writes on the blog, nobody engages him. Like he'll oh. even know, and nobody ever kind of banters back and forth. I'll, I'll try and banter with him. But, next time um, I, see him. but Johnny, I didn't know that was him. Johnny Be Good is great, and we do the little scene all the time where it's like, uh, where they they raise a glass to drink to their enemy. Yes, and then uh, Rob Lowe slaps the glass out. Of it. What kind of a man drinks to his enemy? His enemy yeah, we do that every single time we see each other. I mean, oh, like Lord. thirty times a night. Like it doesn't get really stupid and boring after twelve times. No, thirty times. Oh, of course not. But um, Sex Lies and Videotape. Um, Oscar nominated for uh, Best Writing for a Screenplay by the great Steven Sonnenberg. Yes. He did win the, uh, I believe he won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival. He did. For this film too, yeah. He did. He did. He did uh, not win the Oscar. Do you know who he lost to? Oh, you keep giving me this Oscar trivia. I don't know. Uh, if Steeper's always here, he would know. He would. Dead Poets Society. Oh, you that's know, just Another wrong. movie we haven't done yet. God, mm. I can't believe that. 1989 is like a vacuum of movies when it comes to I this know. podcast. Although, you know what my favorite James Spader movie is? It's not. Oh, an 80s. oh, I know what it it's is. It's not an eighty secretary. Movie. Yes, it is. Oh, do you have that? I do, but I don't have it with me. Damn. Oh, God, that would have been I'll so bring, great. I'll bring it next time. I promise. It's like I almost want to go to Blockbuster and get it. Just <laughs> I have a. We'll get a DVD player for the for the bedroom. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I have to say that the sex scene in this movie between uh, Peter Gallagher and is it. Um, um, <sighs> Laura San Giacomo, Giacomo, yeah, where they literally are just covered with sweat. Yeah, it's because she's she has just filmed the videotape for Spader. Yes, where she basically masturbates for him, right? Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, and um, she goes back and she calls over Peter Gallagher, and mm-hmm. the two of them go at it. Yeah, and um, they go at it like they were in a podcast studio, Sean. Oh, <laughs> but they're so covered with sweat, and it's like the hottest sex scene that you don't that you don't really even see. Yeah. But I got to admit, it gets me hot every time. Oh, yeah. Um, Spears and I were talking about this earlier, and actually one of my favorite quotes from this uh, movie is that the James Spader character is talking about Andy McDowell's asking why he only has one key on his key ring, and he says that each key represents a responsibility. Like, if you got a job, you got a key. You might need a key for your job. If you have a house, you need a key for your house. He only has one key for his car because he's been trying to evade responsibility his whole life, and you got to admire that. Who has more keys, me or you? Oh, definitely me. Yeah. My keychain's ginormous. Yeah. Yeah. I have very few responsibilities now. Yes, you do. I do have a key to the podcast studio. So that, it, and it does lock from the inside. I just, if case you are worried about anything. And, and there's no windows. There are no windows. Oh. And it's soundproof. Oh, well. I just, it's just some trivia. I'm d- not trying d- to say anything. Oh, okay. Sean. <laughs> Last movie on the list. You ready? Yes. A little Woody Allen classic, Crimes and Misdemeanors. The last thing in the world you need is for me to be your biographer. You know, I, mean, I make these these little films on, on yeah. you know, toxic yeah. waste yeah. and then starving yeah, children. Look, and... look, I'll be frank with you. You're not my first choice. I'm doing this strictly as a favor to Wendy. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't worked in a long time. She's embarrassed. I've worked. It's just that nobody's paying me. I'm, you know, putting this film... Look, I know you don't respect what I do. I understand that. But, you know, I got a closet full of Emmys. You, you realize it. No, all right, okay. You think that's bullshit. Fine. Okay, fine. I understand. Fine. Maybe I could use the money to finish my movie, you know? I, I do have some debts and things. That would be idea for farce. A poor, uh, poor loser agrees to do the story of a great man's life and in the process comes to learn deep values. You know, this is a depressing movie. Yes. But everyone forgets the great comedy between Woody Allen and Alan Alda. Oh, fabulous. Alan Alda just plays an ass. He is so damn good in this movie. He even says foliage and nuclear. Yeah. Oh my God, I forgot. I mean, I love Hannah and her sisters. And I love yeah. Annie Hall. We need to do, we need to get Purcell in here and do a Woody Allen movies of the 80s. I would even grandfather some in, to be honest, on the set. I mean, I would probably pull in Annie Hall. Annie I Hall know it's Manhattan. 1977, I think. I was Manhattan peru- is 79. I was perusing your DVDs. You do have Manhattan. I was very do happy. I? Yes. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, we're so watching that this weekend. 
I, I don't know what's up. I just never in the mood for it. Uh, you're going to be in the mood for it, pal. <laughs> but um, I love Crimes and Misdemeanor, 1999, Mercy in the Theater. And I do believe I brought a date. Oh. And I do believe I never spoke to her again. Oh. Just as well. If I did, we, we may never have met. That's true. But um, this is one of my favorite. I, I love Woody Allen, although I must admit I haven't seen like the last two movies, but um, I've seen almost all of his movies. And this is one of my favorites of his. I think it's one of his best. Didn't he do Match Point? He did Match Point? Yes. I, you should but, see Match Point. Well, no, I've seen Match Point. But the newest one, Vicky Cristina Barcelona, I haven't seen. And then Scoop, I haven't seen. Oh. The really new ones. I oh, okay. Seen yeah. Yet. I didn't see the two. Um, okay. I didn't see that. Match Point was the last one I saw. And I, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Match Point's really good. Um, Crimes and Misdemeanors, basically, Match Point's kind of Crimes and Misdemeanors with younger people in it. I mean, the plots are very similar. Yeah. So. I actually was so mad at Match Point the whole time because I'm thinking, I see the ending, I see the ending, I see the ending. And then it's like, yoink. And then yoink. And I'm like, yeah. but I was still kind of mad. I mean, I was, I was, I was yeah, happy. Yeah, it does cheat you a But I was also bit. like, you put me through two hours of aggravation knowing that I knew the ending and then you change it at the last minute. It doesn't, doesn't change the fact that I was aggravated for two hours. Yeah, Crimes and Misdemeanors, it isn't as abrupt. It kind of folds out. And um, I mean, I think Crimes and Misdemeanors is a better film than yeah. Match Point, but um, it doesn't have Jonathan Riss Myers in it. So. I love... Um, Martin Landau in this movie. Oh my god, it's, I love it, him. He's he's better in this than he was in Ed, in Ed Wood. You know, I love him in Ed Wood, but um, but he's just so much more polished in this one. He's so oh, he's evil. He's so he's tortured. He's tortured, but he's kind of evil too. Uh, uh, he he ain't that tortured. Okay, <laughs> should should I give away the plot? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. For those who don't know it. Okay, for those who don't know it, Martin Lando plays an ophthalmologist and he's this very successful man, you know, he has the big huge house and the nice family, blah blah. Well, he's been having an affair with Angelica Houston's character and she's getting more and more irrational. She wants to, you know, she wants him to break it off with his wife, blah blah blah. So, um and plus he had some financial misdealings that she knew about that she's also threatening to reveal. So he he talks to his brother, who's played by the late great, much lamented Jerry Orbach, um, who is kind of this kind of a little sleazy kind of a guy, and says, he's "Well, he's a guy who knows people. He's a guy I know people who know people. Yeah, and uh, she can be gotten rid of, and he does it, and he does it. I mean, well, they hire somebody to do it. Don't want to get the hands dirty. Yeah, um, but uh, and then it kind of goes from there." But, it is um, a dark, twisted movie, but I mean, it is. I love but it. it's set so far apart then with the whole Alan Alda side plot. I just yeah, well, it's you know you have the the uh, Alan the uh, Martin Landau character who's done this horrible thing, but basically is going to get away with it, and then you have the Woody Allen character who's kind of this loser who's always been struggling and can never get anywhere. Yeah, and they kind of and they bring them together in the end. They both go to a wedding and they're at the end kind of discussing what what the movie's all about basically yeah um the i know you and i disagree on this because to me one of the heartbreaking parts of this movie is that alan alda ends up with mia farrow well we don't disagree on that um but but what we disagree on is who's the villain in there and i say it's it's um alan alda Alda, and you say it's mia farrow i say it's mia farrow well number one because i have issues with mia farrow because of the woody allen thing because i you know i worship the ground woody allen spits on but uh, i saw him live in new york um a couple of years ago, I saw him play clarinet at the Carlisle Cafe. Once in a lifetime experience, yeah, just wonderful. I, I, can, I can only imagine what it'd be like to talk to him in person. I, I didn't get to talk to him, but just being like twenty feet away from him, yeah, that'd be fine like by me. Phenomenal. He, he, he could be playing cards twenty feet away from I know. me, and I'd, I'd be like, I know, once in a lifetime experience. I, I, I really, I don't know. I, there's something about Alan Alda that just kills me. The fact that he takes away Mia Farrow. Well, I mean, you know, it's not like she wasn't complicit in it i mean she went for the she went for you know the uh the successful guy who's you know a bastard and will probably end up cheating on her but he makes lots of he makes lots of money and the woody allen character is this kind of poor documentary filmmaker schlub guy yeah um you know so but it's mia what can i say oh it's such a sad movie to end the podcast on oh you want to do something happy to bring in on an up note? Yeah, I want to play some more uh, Joy Division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for those who can't f- see the theme here, the level tears apart should pretty much wrap it up for you. Hey, uh, Vegas Girlfriend and I have many, many, many more important things to do this weekend. And uh, as much as we would love to sit here and talk about more uh, screwed up date movies, I think we'd rather go live our own lives and actually watch a couple of these movies. Yes. Clothing optional, maybe? Absolutely. And to get some wild turkey yep. and some uh, veggie, 
thing. Veggie Delights, maybe yes. some spinach lasagna. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So back to the Spears layer? Yes. In the meantime, we leave you with the Joy Division while we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. <laughs>